Oh, you can't see. Help! Right. Help! <laughs> Aw. Okay. I'll bring it in. Breathe, focus, meditate. I'm paired up. This is Brecken and Jonathan <laughs> from Gem Junkies. We are back for week 10. 10. 10. And we thought it would be a great week to talk about Peridot. Peridot. Or Peridot. Peridot. Depending on who you are. Yep. Uh, but first, we had a question come to us at Gem Junkies from Tessa. And Tessa asks about color zoning in tourmaline. Her question is, how can the coloring change so drastically from a radial pattern with watermelon tourmaline versus the lateral coloring of bicolored tourmaline? Short answer, because (laughs) nature is amazing. (laughs) Nature is amazing. Uh, Changes in color zoning have to do with changes in growth conditions. Uh, What trace elements are in the mix at whatever time during the growth period of that gemstone. Now, there are two types of zoning. There's the concentric zoning, which gives you the watermelon tourmaline, and that's pretty easy to understand because crystals grow by adding molecules on their surface like the rings of a tree. Right. So you think of it just like the growth of a tree. Okay. Um, and different changes. kind of what it looks like. Yeah, different changes in the environment yeah. lead to those different colors. Sector zoning is a little bit more complicated. It's, it, well, it could just be a lack of the other trace element in the mix. And so you could just get stuck on green, green for a while until the trace element that colors red gets involved in the mix and then you get stuck on red for a while. Crystals oft also grow, like, think about Legos. So it's just molecules stacking on top of each other. Mm-hmm. At its base, tourmaline's chemical composition is going to be the same, but when you add a trace element, it does affect the structure of the crystal slightly. Okay. So if you have... Jonathan loves Legos, so we're going to build something with Legos. Okay. Say you have those skinny Legos, and they're four wide, four little dots wide. Okay. Okay, you can put one little dot and three little dots and all that other kind of stuff on it and still get that four dots wide. But what if all of a sudden you take off and you shoot up super tall in single dots, so you've got this tower that's got single dots, and then you can't easily make it a four-dot thing again, right? So it changes how those molecules can attach to the stone. Interesting. Okay. And that's why you get those crazy zoning in lidocotite tourmaline as well. It has to do with certain trace elements attaching only to their same trace element and kind of going off in a different direction. Going crazy. Yeah. And then another trace element attaching to only its trace element within the gemstone and going crazy like that. Huh. So I hope that was clear. It's, it's, it's difficult to explain. I'm not a geologist. I am a gemologist. 
Yeah. So on on note, nature is crazy and wonderful and beautiful, and minerals are complex. They're not organisms, but oh, some of them are complex, beautiful things. But thank you so much, Tessa, for your question. All right, so we are on to Peridot. Yes. It's, uh, most people know it, it for its beautiful yellowish-green hue. Yes. Its name comes from Arabic. Yes. Feridat. 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 Which uh, means gem. Gem. Just gem. Just gem. Jonathan, do you yeah. know who discovered Peridot? The Egyptians. Yes, the Egyptians discovered it in what we believe was about 1500 BC. Uh, they loved it. The Egyptians loved it. They called it the gem of the sun. Mm. And uh, they mined it on an island that was about 35 miles off the coast of Egypt called Topazos Island. Topazos, okay. Yes. Um, so it was the the ancient source for Peridot. Um, in the Egyptian Red Sea, it's now called Zabergad, Zabergad, the okay. Isle of Zabergad. Um, and it was actually talked about by Pliny the Elder in his Greek. He loved gemstones. He did love gemstones. Um, the exact island of the, of the, the exact location of the island was lost for centuries. And it wasn't rediscovered until about 1905. It lost an island? Like they, it went underwater? Or like, how do no, you lose an island? No, they just, I don't know. They, so it was this fabled island that produced these beautiful gemstones. Okay. And it was lost to history. Like Pliny the Elder talked about it. They knew about it. There was this island that supposedly produced these beautiful gemstones, but nobody knew where it was. Huh. Is it, there lots of islands? No. Well, I don't know. There might be. Okay. I just know this one's 35 miles off the coast of Egypt, and it is often shrouded in fog. Ooh. So. Sounds mysterious. It does sound mysterious. Uh, the legend of this island is that it was infested with snakes. Yeah, and so it made mining very unpleasant. So nobody wanted to mine gemstones <laughs> there because there were snakes everywhere until a young pharaoh, an entrepreneurial pharaoh, came in and cast all the snakes out into the sea. So they could mine Peridot. Okay. Yeah. So. So is cool. the sea full of snakes? I don't know. I I would guess it's just a legend, Jonathan. Oh, okay. Yeah, there there are some pretty crazy uh, legends and lore pertaining to Peridot, which I found fascinating. Okay. I love these things. So. You've got your general ones. It's supposed to bring good luck, peace, success. I think that has to do more with the, the color of green. You know, okay. the good luck, success. Um, Money. One of my favorite special powers it has is to make men more articulate. That was <laughs> that was like noted. Um, it's also supposed to have health benefits. Uh, it's supposed to also protect you from terrors of the night. Terrors of the night. Yes, and its power is supposed to become even more potent if it's worn in yellow gold. Okay. Yeah, so it'll protect so you. So if your kid has night terrors, throw a yellow gold peridot something on them. Probably, no, let's not, because we don't want kids choking in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, I didn't say babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Um, but they also said to provide um, the proper protection from evil spirits. The peridot had to be drilled, pierced, strung on the hair of a donkey, and tied to the left arm. Okay, left arm. Left arm, hair, hair of, of a donkey, donkey, pierced. No evil spirits. It also had medicinal uses, which I am totally flabbergasted by. So, like, they ate them? They crushed it up into powder form, and it was inhaled as a cure for asthma. So, now, basically, you, wouldn't that give you worse asthma? Yes. I am an asthma sufferer, and I am sitting here going, this would be terrible. <laughs> this would be absolutely terrible. Snorting, snorting some peridot. Snorting peridot. They also believed that if you put a peridot under the tongue of somebody suffering from a fever, it would lessen their thirst. So, you know, when you have a fever, you get really thirsty. Okay. You put a peridot under the tongue, you won't be as thirsty for some reason. You just choke and die. Or you just, I mean, they really should have just given you some water, but it's okay. It's the ancients. They had their kooky ways. Yeah. But I think it's fascinating how they use gemstones to kind of understand and interpret the world around them. Yeah. And peridot is such an ancient gem that we have all this cool mythology and, and lore that goes with it. Yeah. And it was also, you know, back in the day, it was often uh, mistaken for emerald. Yes. Emerald or topaz, which is why the island was named Topazos. Topazos. Um, it was often mistaken for topaz or emerald. One Now, there are people out there that think that Cleopatra's emeralds, her famous emerald collection, might actually have been peridot. And what happened to this collection? I don't know. It's lost to... Thieves. Antiquity. I, you know, who knows? Maybe who knows? she was buried with it. We still don't know where Cleopatra was buried. Uh, that's true. Um, and there... Here's a, here's another fun thing about Peridot. It was introduced to medieval Europe by the Crusaders. Okay. So they brought back all this Peridot, which they believed was emerald. Emerald. And they used it to decorate the Shrine of the Three Holy Kings in Germany's Cologne Cathedral. And it, it's alleged to contain the bones of the three magi or the three kings that brought gifts to baby Jesus. Hmm. And they thought they had a 200-carat emerald on it, mm-hmm. but it was a 200-carat peridot. Still amazing in its own right, yeah, but not an emerald. Peridot. Mistaken. Hmm. Gemology is interesting and fairly new. It is. Interesting and new. Um, so, peridot actually is olivine. Olivine. Yeah, it is the which is gem a, variety of olivine. Which is a silicate mineral mm-hmm. uh, with magnesium, iron, silica, oxygen. Yep. It's a silicate of magnesium and iron. Yep. About five times. <laughs> Uh, it is hardness. It's not great. No, six and a half to seven. Yeah, six and a half to seven. So be gentle with your peridots. Its color range goes from a brownish green to the most commonly known yellow green to the purest of most beautiful greens. 
Yes. Yeah, almost a, a lime green or almost to an emerald green. Yeah. The very best have no tint of yellow or brown, and that's like the very, very top quality. And the, the cool thing about Peridot is that it is not colored from a trace element. It is the color which is caused by iron is actually part of the chemical composition of the stone. Why? Which is why it only comes in... One color. Green. Yeah. Very simple. One of the cool properties that I really, I love about Peridot is that when you look at it under the microscope, you can see doubling. Yeah. It's highly... Uh, birefringent. Birefringent. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you can see two facets. So if you look on the pavilion, if you're looking at a gemstone, it's like you're seeing double vision, mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to describe it. And it also has one of the most amazing inclusions. One of my favorite inclusions in all of gemstones. The lily pad. The lily pad inclusion. So it'll have a, a different mineral and it'll kind of break in a lily pad formation. So they look like lily, little lily pads all over the gemstone. Yep. And no frogs, just little no pads. frogs. But I just, I always remembered it because it was a green gemstone, green gemstone. that had lily pad inclusions in it. Yep. My, some of my favorite inclusions. So it is formed in, I think, one of the coolest ways a gemstone can be formed in volcanic rock. Um, these volcanic rocks are called basalts, and they are rich in the elements that make up peridot, magnesium, and iron. So peridot can be f found in two ways. It can either be found in nodules, like uneven little nodules in lava flows, like what's found in the U.S., China, and Vietnam, or it can be found in a really rare formation, which is as large crystals lining uh, veins in pockets. Or even more rare is when it's found in meteorites. True. So the, the larger crystals tend to give you your higher quality peridot, and that's, those are typically found in Pakistan and Myanmar, and the ancient island of Topazos. Both of these formations, the nod, nodules and the large crystal veins, yeah. both relate to the spreading of the seed floor and the adding of new earth. And it's basically when earth erupts and brings minerals from the mantle up to the surface. And that's what gives you peridot. Okay. And then to get back to your extraterrestrial source, it does come from meteorites. Yes. But it's and they even have some stones that come from meteorites that are large enough to be fashioned into faceted gemstones. Very um, collectible. Very. I've never seen one. No. Have Have you? I don't think so. They're. I mean, they're not. I guess I could go. I've never looked for it though. Maybe no. in Tucson, that'll be what I what I want to buy this year. It's peridot from a meteor. Yeah. It's so, so apparently this olivine. This olivine is a common element. In our galaxy. Right. Very common. It, it's found um, from stones collected from the moon, uh, samples from Mars. It's found in dust around new stars. So peridot really is a, a mineral. Olivine and peridot are a mineral from the early formation of our galaxy. And they're being brought up to the surface with those volcanic eruptions. It's an ancient child. It is. It's it. It's a cool. Now, there's a lot of people. Peridot gets a bad rap. 
Let's talk about this for a minute. A lot of people, especially you August babies out there, do not like Peridot. Yeah. Why? Because it's yellowy green. It's an amazing gemstone. It is brought, it's formed in such an amazing way. And if you, I mean, the top, top color is exceptional. Yeah, the top, top color, but the rest of it's a little <laughs> You're on, on Peridot. You're like your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it so Peridot is the birthstone for August. Correct. And it is the 15th wedding anniversary gemstone. So go get that for your 15th wedding anniversary. Make yeah. it a collector's one. Yeah. And one thing I just found out today, and maybe why I don't hate Peridot, like a lot of people do, okay. is because it is the gemstone for the zodiac sign Libra. Bam, I'm a Libra. Bam. Bam, maybe that's why I don't hate Peridot. Maybe. How many do you own? I don't own any. <laughs> she loves it so much, she doesn't own any. We do have one set that I am I might have to have. Okay. We, we mounted it in yellow gold. Yellow so gold. I know it'll protect me from those night terrors. <laughs> Only if you sleep in your jewelry, which you shouldn't do. No, you shouldn't sleep in your jewelry. There's sources that go with different markets. Okay. Right? You have your collector's market, which are the top, top, fine quality gems. And then you have your commercial market. Okay. So commercial market sources are? Arizona. Yeah. Arizona in the U.S. of A probably produces 80 to 95% of the world's Peridot supply. Wow. And it is all mine... Uh, by members of the Apache American Indian tribe. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it all on Indian Reservation? Yeah, San Carlos Mine, and it's formed in nodules. Okay. And so those those nodules limit the size of the stones. Okay. And so it's very rare to get any faceted stone out of Arizona that's over four carats in size. Hmm. But it is... Mine, and there are still, I mean, mining is still happening today. It's how some Apache Indians support their families. One thing I found interesting, though, is that Peridot is not sold by the carrot in its rough form. It is sold by the pound. The pound. It is still sold not by, by the pound. No, not even by gram. A barrel of or Peridot Rough is still sold by the pound, so you're not going to get rich off this stuff. Hmm. And so for reference, one pound equals about 2,268 carats. It's a lot of carats. It's a lot of carats for a pound. So it's not a, it's not a gemstone to get rich off, but it is a beautiful gemstone. It is. Um, another commercial market is China. Okay. Not a huge producer... But it has consistent color, relatively free of inclusions, good clean material. Okay. Are they mining something else there that makes it come along with it? Or is it just the Peridot? Not sure on China. I'm not sure on China. You don't know much about what's going on in China. Yeah, or Peridot as a whole. Or Peridot as a whole. I tried, I, I searched for probably 30 minutes to try to find what year Peridot was discovered in Arizona? And? Finally found 1917. 
Wow, so quite a while ago. Yeah, quite a while ago, but it. W- I mean, you'd think like that years. would be a co- common knowledge, yeah, but it, it took me some digging and searching to find <laughs> it. Okay, now we have our collector's sources. Okay. Do you... Burma. Yeah, Burma, Myanmar. Burma's the most well-known. Yeah, and it it contains the large crystals, fine color... Uh, it's probably the top producer of fine peridot crystals, and there's not much of it, but there's enough to de- to meet the demand of that of collector peridot, high that, end. Yeah, yeah. and th- they tend to be that pure, more the pure green with less yellow, yellow and brown. Right? Yeah, and stone sizes ten to twenty carats, in that kind of range. Few, yeah, but there's not Few, a lot of them. Not a lot of them, but yeah. they're there. Um, Pakistan is also another source for really, really fine peridot hmm. crystals. I don't know that I've ever seen Pakistani peridot. Have you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Not in real life, only in pictures. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where? It's it's difficult to mine. It's really high in the Himalayas, about 15,000 feet above sea level. Whoa. Yeah. So, so it's almost like you need oxygen yeah, just to mine. We would even need oxygen. We live at like 7,000 feet. No, wait. 5,500. Okay, well, I gave us a few extra. <laughs> so three times as high. Yeah, it's three times as high as where we live. And people that come here get altitude sickness. That's crazy. But it's it's also formed in those high-temperature mineral veins just like the Myanmar deposit. So it's got really large, almost perfect crystals. They... They're referenced as the cutter's dream because they are so perfect, beautiful coloring, not a lot of inclusions, and after cutting, you can get pieces that are 50 carats. I would think you would call that the specimen collector's dream rather than the cutter's dream. Well, the cutter's dream for cutting the gemstone. It's like the perfect rough to cut. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if you can find they also must produce amazing specimens then, too. I would guess they do. Should, Peridot might be our next two something. Maybe. Maybe I'm just going to say this year instead of dinosaur eggs, which have become nearly impossible to find, I'm going to find Peridot from a, from a meteorite and Peridot from Pakistan. That's my shopping list for Tucson. Okay. And then I'll have my Peridot. Okay. It'll balance out my Libra-ness <laughs> and protect me. <laughs> And protect you when you put it in yellow gold. When I put it in yellow gold. Or wrap it on your, pierce it, wrap it on your left arm with donkey hair. Yeah. Donkey hair. I don't know where I'm going to find a donkey. There's, there's the zoo. a donkey. Oh my gosh. You just the reach twins. on in there, just yeah. reach on in there and yank some the off. Twins could pull the donkey hair off for me. They love, so their favorite thing to do nowadays is go and feed the goats and the donkeys at the zoo. Like Pocatello Zoo has native animals but we have some pretty cool native animals in idaho we have mountain lions mountain lions black bears badgers bison yeah Yeah. every time we go to the zoo to see the grizzly bears they're always like licking their chops at the twinnies twinnies (laughs) but forget the grizzly bears they don't want to go there anymore they want to go pet the donkeys and feed the goats so that is where i will get my donkey hair there you go anyway we should probably talk a little bit about durability and maybe dealing with peridot when you're setting the stone it peridot is is a softer stone so be careful of it in rings your facet junctions can get easily abraded it it probably in a ring should not be an everyday wear right i would go and say that at six and a half seven 
When you are, if we've got any jewelers or budding jewelers or goldsmiths listening, you need to be careful because peridot is super easy to thermal shock. Mm. Yeah, so if you take it from having a torch on it and put it in an ultrasonic cleaner or anything like that, you can shock the stone. And we haven't really talked about thermal shock, but what it does to a gemstone is if you drastically change the, the temperature from hot to cold or cold to hot, you can cause uh, fractures or fissures to erupt in the gemstone. Hmm. And so just a word to the wise if you are setting a peridot. Be careful not to thermal shock it. Let's talk about the perino market as it is. Yeah, so it's fairly inexpensive in small sizes. It gets a little bit more pricey when you get up into big sizes, like three, four carats plus. Once you start getting into that four carat plus, then it really starts to escalate in price. Yeah, peridot kind of fell out of favor for a really long time. So the ancients loved it. And then it kind of disappeared, maybe with the island disappearing. Uh, they also think that the addition of emerald discovery in the New World kind of pushed Peridot out. Peridot became the poor man's emerald, right? And then in the 1990s, there was a big push by your TV networks, your jewelry TV networks, and they really pushed Peridot, so it pushed it back into popularity and it is a beautiful gemstone mm-hmm. in its own right and should be deserving of its august birthstone month all right that is going to wrap up peridot yes or dot episode 10 peridot dot peridot dot peridot our french professor ga always called it para dot and but we're pronouncing it the Patouze. french way peridot by drawing <laughs> but he pronounced it the English way, Peridot. <laughs> I will never understand this name. No. But Peridot it is. So it is. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can see what we do in our real life at Parlay Gems on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also like us, find us, search us, whatever, Gem Junkies on basically anything that you can find. Podcasts. Podcasts on. Uh, Spotify. iTunes is a great place to leave us feedbacks, feedback, and give us some likes. All right, guys. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Bye-bye.